Welcome back. Another episode of The Pivot Point. So we just talked about it, still deciding if we're going to spit this out on the feet or not. So if we do, welcome to Dynasty Theater. If we don't, you all know who we are. It doesn't matter. Mitch, what's up? Happy weekend, man. So this is kind of like the little break. Last weekend, we had Mother's Day, so it was super busy. But then we have Memorial Day next week, and the weekend after that is my wife's birthday. So this is like my only weekend I have just to chill a little bit. There you go. Well, I'm not giving you time to chill. Hopefully do some best ball drafts later today. That's my hope. I had you working in the sheets earlier this morning. little sheet working. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Getting busy in the sheets. Woo. Doing our projections going through. Mm -hmm. I have the first pass at quarterbacks. You've been working through some of the team projections. Um, It's going to be a lot of good conversation back and forth. And we're going to have several episodes dedicated strictly to the projections and the inputs and how we might adjust. And uh, once we start getting those conversations, that that's when things shake up a little bit, but we'll be spitting a few of those episodes out on the podcast feed. Uh, sorry. I was just, uh, something came through from sleeper and I thought it was some news. It's not, it was about Josh downs. Anyway, <laughs> this is one of your favorite types of episodes because you get to pick apart yep. my tears and what we typically do on the pivot point, again, this is for those of you, if we spit this out on the podcast feed, uh, we go through, I have my tiers, and then I have the uh, fantasy calc, the, the live values that they have out there, the 30-day trends, and then basically where are the market inefficiencies in my mind, who do I see as a buy, who do I see as a sell, and then Mitch is always here to keep me grounded. I try and to. My hair is looking extra style. So, Nate, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, man. Oh, no. My hair is looking extra style today. Uh, th- this is how it typically starts out every day. You know, I get my product in there. But when we do the shows at 9 p.m. Eastern, mm-hmm. I've been, you know, it's been a long day. My hair is crazy. It's fluffy, you know, so. Uh, now that the important part is out of the way there, uh, back to the, the tiers, we are, you know, I, I like to go through, get the market efficiencies from my perspective, but like I said, Mitch keeps me grounded. He keeps me in check. The patrons certainly love to keep me in check. So I'm fending off the, the negativity from all directions. And that's typically what causes my hair to become, uh, less styled throughout the day. glasses come off. Things happen. Yeah, so I asked Mitch, I said, give me a heads up here. This is about an hour ago. I said, mm-hmm. give me a heads up. Who are you going to put me on blast for today? And he did not give me those players. So No, it's not fun if you get to come in and have like an actual argument against this. Because then it Let's wouldn't work that well for me. Okay, we'll just go quarterbacks to running backs to wide receivers, tight ends, two at each position. First, there's another one everyone knows we're going to get to in the quarterbacks. That's just going to happen, but we won't start off with him. It's Desmond Ritter, though, for the first right. one. And the reason why I kind of have an issue when you're tears, you have him quarterback 30 to 31. Mm-hmm. Fantasy, fantasy football calc has him as quarterback 27, which doesn't seem like a big range. But you only have two players in that 30 to 31 tier with Jimmy Garoppolo. Right mm-hmm. above him, you have Mac Jones, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. Now, here's the issue. Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, Will Levis. And it's not that we've seen, we did the first run through on the Atlanta Falcons projections and Ritter didn't come out great on that. But my question for you is, 
Atlanta could end up being the favorite to win that division. If not, they'll be really close to the Saints. There's a good chance they win too many games. Ritter's contract, we know how those rookie ones go, and they're going to play themselves at one of those top quarterbacks. So shouldn't he be moved up with those other guys? No, because I, I, I do not see a situation that he even gives us Mac Jones level production this year. I, I, I genuinely, you know, with, with the quarterbacks above him, we have Mac Jones, Bill O'Brien coming back uh, into New England as the offensive coordinator. I do think we're going to see some growth there a little bit closer to what we saw his rookie season. Does he give you that high upside that we like with our quarterbacks? No, but that's why he's one tier above. Matthew Stafford, he's older. We've seen the ceiling, but we also know what that floor could look like for the Rams. And then same thing with uh, with Aaron Rodgers. The, Trey Lance is the one. I I mean, honestly, let, let's say I put him one tier lower. Mm-hmm. I'm already significantly lower than, than market for the most part. Mm-hmm. And so we could move him down one more, but with the tiers... If if I'm below market, I'm still looking to sell and get out of these guys at market. So we can move them down if you want, mm-hmm. but I would still gladly move Trey Lance for Desmond Ritter plus, which I think is a, a possibility. I would, I would not, I I would add a small bit, and I don't even know if I would need to to get Brock Purdy. I genuinely would. I think you probably have to add to get to Purdy. I think you're right there. My one thing with Ritter is you brought up the, he's not giving you Mac Jones production. But I mean, you have Carr fairly above, like two full tiers above Desmond Ritter, right? Yep. Um, as far as like the first run through the projections go, it's a single point per game difference. And that's for a quarterback that everyone's like, oh, he's going to come in. He's going to solidify what the Saints are doing. So not, you know, make a little straw man argument about this. No, 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 but- go ahead. I think Desmond Ritter isn't coming in great, but the bottom end quarterbacks all suck. So in my opinion, if I could pay a little bit less and get Ritter, then I kind of like that. And it's just the kind of tier that he's in, right? I mean, it's probably fine where you have him, but I've kind of made this episode more of like a players that I want to get and players that I don't want to get. And Ritter's just one right now to where at his cost, I love him at his cost right now. It's funny because over the last probably week or so, I did a little flip-flop between him and Purdy. I had Ritter in the one tier above. I had Purdy in the one tier below. And then I started to go into these projections. And again, first pass through, a lot of things are going to change based on the conversations we have, a little bit more in-depth views of these players and the teams and the coaching staffs and and the systems, et cetera. the the argument for you with Ritter is well if this team wins enough games and in that division mm-hmm. anything is possible so that is not outside of the realm of possibility but there is still the risk that that offense well that the team in general struggles mm-hmm. and I just don't see a scenario where Desmond Ritter is going to be given the opportunity to really run that offense for fantasy purposes. I And because of that, I think people are going to hate where we end up having Kyle Pitts. I think people are going to hate where oh, we end up having definitely. Drake London. Agreed. On an efficiency perspective, right now, and Mitch, I went through and did the Atlanta yards per route run and mm-hmm. the route rates. Mm-hmm. 
90% route participation for Drake London, getting him over two yards per route run. Uh, that's the threshold we're looking for. Which is great. Yeah. Still doesn't really put wide him receiver three <laughs> above that low end wide receiver two per game yeah. average. Yep. And it's just the nature of the beast. So right now when we're looking at team level proje projections, I'm looking at a 48 to 52 pass to run split mm -hmm. on what? 59 countable plays per game. So yep. actual, actual pass attempts and rush attempts, not including sacks. That's going to be kind of in the dropbacks, but uh, a two per game, a two play per game, man, I'm tongue twisters this morning, a two play per game increase from mm -hmm. last year. Yeah. So I just don't know how we can get Desmond Ritter there from a, a projection standpoint. And because of that, you, you know, even whenever he wasn't benched, how hard it was to move a Mac Jones. Oh, yeah. And we're still going to see more volume from him. And Desmond Ritter, he's not necessarily going to give you, uh, you know, he might give you three, four rushing attempts per game. I think four is right yeah, around that range. So he's still not giving you the potential for that ceiling. And he's young enough, um, you know, I, I, overall, I think it is a little nitpicky with the, the tears here, because like you said, and you always say it, once you get outside of the top 15, oh, yeah. 16 yep. quarterbacks, who gives a shit? Well, I'm very nitpicky because I actually agree with most of your tears. So I go in here, I'm like, uh, what about this one? There's actually, there's one that I told you what my description was, and we'll, we'll get to that one later. But we might as well bring up Russ right now, right? So Russ yep. Wilson, you have him. I mean, this people are going to be like, oh, there's not much there. But quarterback 16 to 17, you have him in the same tier as Daniel Jones. Who um, I actually moved up because of the projections, Daniel Jones. Oh, that's good. That's good. So, and FF Calc has him at 18. But it's where he is against the other quarterbacks, right? You have Goff below him, Carr below him, and Cousins below him. And we're not even sure if Russell Wilson is going to stay the quarterback next year there. Like, we have no idea his contract, they could get out of it this next season. Sean Payton owes nothing to Russ Wilson. They went out and paid oh, the Raiders backup quarterback last year that everyone fell in love Stidham, with. Jared Stidham. Yeah, Stidham. They went out and paid Stidham a lot of money to come in and back up that room. I think that one's a... You're kind of looking at the high side of what could happen, but that bottom could fall out as early as week four or five. And so that's my big worry having him... Cousins going to be a starting quarterback in this league for the next five years if he wants. Goff probably is too. Carr obviously is because he's going to be with the Saints for at least two or three. So my big worry with Russ is just if they could have moved on from this year, they would have. But that contract made him be stuck. Next year, there's a little bit of an out. I get the concern. And certainly through the first, what, 14, 15 weeks of the season last year, it was horrendous. And I noticed because I had a very high exposure to Russ. And guess what? That percentage has been creeping up throughout this entire offseason. I acquired another share this morning. I'm not ashamed I'm to so admit sorry. it. I'm <laughs> sorry. just. But for me, I am still willing. And you could say it's Seattle. It's the system. You saw the revitalization of Geno Smith's career here mm -hmm. this last year. So you could point this going to... And maybe this is because of the glass half 
but I'm I'm far more apt to look at the first what seven eight years nine years of his career as opposed to just this past season. That's fair. I think he was kind of going down his last years in Seattle. That's why they were more than willing to move on from him. So that was my worry. If he was still producing, he 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 was injured the last season there. He was wasn't his thumb? Did he miss like six games over that or something like that? Yeah, and that was brutal coming back from. But if he if he was really good, they probably won't be moving on from him. I mean, in twenty twenty, he put up forty passing touchdowns. That was three years ago. Okay. In 2021, he still put up 25 touchdowns, six interceptions, and that's dealing with the injury. And then he was in Denver for 2022. Yeah. So we could Two talk about the decline, but I think I think a decline is greatly exaggerated. But he did decline greatly. In 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 what in what uh what aspects here are we talking about? Dynasty value. Well, as because now as we're looking wanting we're looking to trade third- for him, people willing to go out and acquire him. I think that's the issue. Of course, his value took a hit because he he shit the bed here in 2022. We all know that. And now he's a 34-year-old quarterback. So what did you think was going to happen? Based on the he's going down, so he shouldn't be as high as what he is. I, look, my phone, I am so frazzled right now. And you know I don't like to throw around that, that word loosely. Even that's though I true. Think I say yeah, you don't episode. say it every episode or anything. I... This this is one I'm I'm standing firm. Okay. I will continue to put my money where my mouth is, even though <coughs> it's not exactly sanitary, if you will. Okay. Okay. But I'm still investing in in him. I do believe he's a player that that we should be going out and acquiring, and I'm doing just that. Okay. All right. We go on him for days, but. We need to move on to running backs. So running back, the top ones, we talk about them all the time. So I went down your tiers a little bit to find some. I actually think we talked about De- Devin Singletary a few weeks ago. Maybe it was on the pivot point. Maybe it wasn't. But you have him uh, running back 42 to 45. Mm-hmm. And Fantasy Calc has him a full 10 spots below that at 53. Um, is, is it just the room? And how there's like no one behind Damian Pierce besides Devin. So is that why you like him more? Or are you just actually excited about the landing spot there? No, it is just that. It is the opportunity at hand for Devin Singletary. Remember, he's still a 25-year-old running back. And once you get beyond the, you know, you could make a case that he could be with Brian Robinson. He could be with Khalil Herbert. But you know, Samaja Piran, Devin Singletary, those are guys that could provide you standalone flex play production because of the opportunity. I have them paired with Jamal Williams and Rashad Penny for fairly similar reasons. DeAndre Swift, we know his injury history. Is he going to get dinged up there in Philadelphia? But we know Penny can't stay healthy himself. Jamal Williams, well, if it's him and Kendra Miller, because, I mean, does Alvin Kamara get suspended? Does this all get swept under the rug, even though there's video of yep. of uh, him going uh, haywire on some dude? But then once you get below that, I don't see how, from a trade market perspective, he could be below... Elijah Mitchell, Damian Harris, 
uh, uh, he's still below Tyler Algier, who I think you, you talk about those guys I just mentioned, Elijah Mitchell and Tyler Algier, they are premier backup running backs right yes. now in the league. Yep. They, they have such an opportunity. I would throw P Ryan in there. That backfield, it's Mike Boone or no Boone uh, went to Houston. We have P Ryan essentially and Javante Williams, who we don't know how things are going to be. Uh, sorry, I'm reading the comments here. Mitch just blasphemed. I didn't do anything, uh, but we don't know how Javante Williams is going to recover here. So for me, it is the guys behind him, the opportunity at hand as uh, providing a one, two punch with Damian Pierce and it's another situation that in a, an offense that needs weapons for their rookie quarterback. If anything were to happen to Damian Pierce, Mm -hmm. Devin Singletary's value does go up and it's a one-year deal. So we very well could see him somewhere else after 2023. I have him in that 212 range. I would, I would pay. Well, here's the thing. My man Tank was available at two twelve. Uh, that's what I was gonna bring up. Yep. It, but I have Tank above two twelve. Yep. So it, it, if you still have a rookie draft here, and you know the the running backs, Tank, Tajay Spears, Roshan, they're all going uh, earlier than this point. If we're looking at a Rasheed Rice, a Marvin Mims, I personally give me the running back that has a clear path to at least a 60-40 split being on the wrong side of that. And at best, uh, uh, fantasy relevance if we see anything happen to Damien Pierce. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I mean, he's one that I kind of like just because I have him on a lot of my rosters already, but it's no one that I feel really firmly about, and especially this next guy. I really want your thoughts on this so well here really quick though for Devin Singletary Mm -hmm. his value is low enough that if there is an offer you get and you're like man like that's that's spot on for me Mm -hmm. but you're gonna be like me and let's get a little bit extra let's and you hate that in our co-managed leagues agreed agreed but he's let's say let's say I can get a Devin Singletary and I kick back uh, Gus Edwards Isaiah Spiller Kyron Williams that's something that I would be looking to do to get a deal over the the finish line there. Yeah, I mean, everybody's in love with Chase Brown, right? Who you have a full tier below Singletary. I guarantee right. you could probably get something added if you're giving up Chase Brown to get Singletary at another piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other running back I wanted to bring up, because I don't think he's been talked about a lot, and I think it's just because of how much everyone ended up hating CEH. And that's Isaiah Pacheco. So Isaiah Pacheco, you have him running back 34 to 41. Um, Fantasy football calc has him as running back 27, but he's not someone I'm seeing moved, like even in that range. You see Aaron Jones going, Akers, Kamara, Cook, Monty. You see all these players being traded. I can't tell you how many times I've seen Isaiah Pacheco move this year. Maybe once, maybe twice, but that's a backfield that we used to try to buy into all the time. And the last time we saw the Chiefs, they used Pacheco a lot in the playoffs. So are we a little bit too low on him? Because I would probably put him in the exact same range you have him. You have him right there with Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Khalil Herbert, Alexander Madison, which I think is more than fair. But 
are we too low on him based on what his ceiling could actually be? Because we haven't done the projections for the Chiefs yet. And usually we're not conservative on the projections, but we try to make it like a median projection, right? It's just this probably where he could end up. He could be higher, lower ceiling sort of thing. But isn't his ceiling so much higher than a lot of guys that are really in his range? Who isn't, you know, 28 years old right now? But really, what could his ceiling be in an offense that has one of the highest pass rates in the red zone, mm-hmm. inside the 10, inside the 5? You see all those those shovel passes and, and trick plays that the Chiefs operate out of. And then Jarek McKinnon coming back, who, I mean, despite being older, mm-hmm. despite being a, a dynasty afterthought at this point in his career, he is there to cap the ceiling of Isaiah Pacheco. Jarek McKinnon, another running back that during rookie drafts, if somebody was looking to move him for a fourth, I'll gladly take a shot on, on a McKinnon. How old do you think McKinnon is? I looked it up and was shocked. What is he? Is he 30? He's 31. 31? <laughs> That's crazy. I did not think he's been in the league for that long. I remember when he went to San Francisco, he was creeping up in super flex startups in that third, fourth round yep. territory. Yep. And then yep. he blew out his Crazy. knee. And yeah, but I mean, he has shown to be one of those guys that is pesky enough to cap the upside. But anyway, so Isaiah Pacheco specifically, looking at some trades, and these are within the last couple days, mm-hmm. there is a Pacheco for a 23 first. I don't know exactly which first it is, which is crazy to me. Abana Kanda and Pacheco for a chain. So a, a little bit higher That's than where yeah. I would have them. Pacheco for a 23 second, Pacheco for a 24 second. Uh, yeah, that's what I could see happening often. So I think that's right around the fair range. I, for me, I would, I would rather pivot from a Pacheco to a Singletary Plus if that were a an option. So you're more selling than you are buying on Pacheco. See, I would say yes, but like you, I'm certainly, I have a few shares. I'm Mm -hmm. certainly not fetching any of those prices that I just mentioned. Yeah, no, that's, that's my thing too. Is like, I have him on quite on probably 10% of my teams and I haven't received an offer for him this season. If I can get 205 value, Mm -hmm. he's off my roster. If I could get, an Antonio Gibson plus anything within that tier, a Gibson plus. I know everybody has written him off, but at this point, Khalil Herbert is almost reaching by territory for me. He's getting close because everyone thinks Roshan's going to step in day one and take that job now. <laughs> and I think it's just going to be a messy backfield, but Herbert will. still provides. I mean, uh, there's still opportunity right now. I think you get Alexander Madison plus a small piece, and we'll see what happens with Dalvin Cook here. Yeah. Uh, but B- B- Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Samaji P. Ryan, Devin Singletary, Jamal Williams, give me a plus. And with Williams, I think you get a plus plus. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I am certainly a little bit below market, mm-hmm. but I, I'm stuck with shares because I'm not getting what is being seen as market right now. And we see a lot of comments in the chat. Uh, Pacheco managers want crazy returns. Mm-hmm. Every league has Pacheco on the trade block, but the owner always wants the ceiling baked into his value like it's already happened. I completely agree. So I don't know if we necessarily are going to see all that many deals involving Isaiah Pacheco. And we didn't see many leading up to the NFL draft because nobody knew what the Chiefs were going to do looking at that backfield mm-hmm. and, and then re-signing McKinnon and all that good stuff. So 
Pacheco, I still have him labeled as a player I would be looking to move if I can get market. Yeah, which is which is fair. All right. I want to talk about a higher end wide receiver now. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, you have him in the wide receiver 15 to 17 tier, which is well below what we see going on in startups and everything. Um, fantasy football calc has him wide receiver nine, but we know he's going to be scoring as a top 10 wide receiver if he's healthy this year. And so are you just already baking in that he's 29 years old? He's going to consistently lose value. So he's just going to be below the other guys, even though I'm pretty sure everybody in the community is going to have Hill producing at the exact same rate he has previously for the last three years. Yeah, it is, uh, you know, trying to get ahead of that a little bit. Uh, we know the, these wide receivers. I mean, I have Diggs, Hill and cup all in that same territory mm-hmm. and based on, we're talking about these fantasy calc values. Give me a Devonte Smith plus. And I think that is a very realistic possibility in, in many leagues. Give me a DK Metcalf plus. Well, I'm worried because what Seattle brings in Jackson Smith and Jigba can Geno Smith repeat DK Metcalf has proven to be a, a high end wide receiver. Does he have that ceiling? Do any of those guys have that ceiling of a Tyree kill? Most likely not, but we're talking about a 29 year old wide receiver. And again, there are many leagues. I have a lot of shares of Tyree kill. Mm-hmm. If the return is not there to get market, I'm not saying dump these players. And I, I know you're not implying that I that I am. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure that thought comes across very clearly. But I would explore opportunities to move Tyree Kill at that wide receiver nine price. If I'm contending and there, there's a manager coming in, they take over an orphan, they throw Tyree Kill. I just saw a situation with the Cooper Cup that happened. You can get these guys at a reasonable price in those specific situations. So I would just really pay attention to your specific league. How are the managers approaching this throughout the offseason? Is somebody dumping assets? Because then your specific league submarket is going to flip from the current wide receiver nine price and not just Tyree Kill specifically, but any veterans really fall along those lines. Yeah, I think you're right. I think in those leagues, you really just want to hammer home. Which teams are, are going to rebuild? So, and a lot of them, they're not going to say it in May and June. They're going to be the people that come back in August. They see their team and it's going to be like, holy crap, this team is old. I'm rebuilding for 2024. Give me picks. And then they'll sell everybody for like 25 cents on the dollar. So that's the time to go out and get a Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, and those sort of players in my opinion. Here, pulling up some recent Tyree Kill trades. This is yesterday. Mm-hmm. Tyree Kill. For DJ Moore, a 24 first. Oh, my Lord. 25 second, 25 third. So the second and third, whatever. Uh, Tyree Kill for a 23 first. Don't know which it was. And a 24 second. Uh, Yeah, that first trade is crazy. If I'm contending, I love this one. Two days ago, Tyree Kill. I'll move my 25 first and a 24 second for Tyree Kill. Oh, same. Yep. So if, if... and, but again, uh, like there is such a, a wide variance on so many of these players. And I can't tell you because uh, our guy Kyle's in the discord, he, he made it. So this updates automatically in the mm-hmm. tiers, the, which is awesome. Yeah, it is. It's fantastic. But I can't tell you 
how many times I've had to go in. And today, Tyree kills wide receiver nine. I put him in red. In three days now, he's wide receiver 15. And it's because so many of these guys are so mm-hmm. close together. And for the most part, I think a lot of people, they look at a group of wide receivers or running backs, and it is difficult to pivot from one to the other to get a plus because a lot of people see, hey, these guys are relatively close for me. I don't want to go out and add a plus, anything significant to get to the other guy. Yeah, I agree with that. So just we we do have another podcast after this, so everybody knows we have a guest spot with the Fantasy Wildcard guys for their mental health awareness. I can't remember the exact um, program. What it is, is we're running on my, but we have a show after this, so we got to keep it moving today. But so I want to bring up three players in this wide receiver tier for different reasons, but I want to talk about them. And one of them isn't your fault. So in, you have a tier seven with wide receiver 35 to 45. You have 10 wide receivers in there, of course. Um, you have Calvin Ridley in there. And the one thing with Calvin Ridley I want to bring up after doing a lot of underdog drafts, Calvin Ridley is loved by the redraft folks. I mean, him going in the third round in 12-team league happens constantly. And for me, I think it's absolutely insane because if you're going to say that about a 28-year-old wide receiver, we're going to bump him up in the teens in Dynasty. But that's just something we haven't seen yet. So I want to throw that out there. But the big two that I wanted to bring up, you have Cortland Sutton. You have him in that 35 to 45 range and Juju Smith-Schuster. But they're both down in the 50s as far as fantasy football calculator goes. So, I mean, Sutton is higher, a fair amount higher than what Juju even is. Is there a reason why you have those both, both those guys so much higher than what everybody else in the community does? Past production opportunities at hand, uh, both tied to, and this kind of goes with the quarterback conversation, both tied to situations where I do firmly believe we see an improvement from the production of the skill position players. And then Cortland Sutton, well, we know Judy and Sutton have been on the trade market. They've been on the block uh, according to several sources, uh, but the Broncos have not been able to get the return necessary. So even if he sticks around there, I think with the improvement from their respective quarterbacks from 2022, we're both going, we're going to see some decent production there. But again, you look at the guys that are going above them. Like if you can get, Sutton or Juju plus for Keenan Allen, Rashad Bateman, Mike Evans, still Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, George Pickens. Certainly those are all opportunities that I'm looking at because I don't know that you necessarily, it's a, it's a balance of getting the immediate production with a little bit of longer sustaining value. I mean, Keenan Allen, I love Keenan Allen. I think he's going to have a decent season here in 2023, but he's going to be going on his age 32 season. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he's 30. You know, so I'm looking at these guys that are still in their age prime of mm-hmm. their career that I am willing to invest in them. I just took Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton in a startup that we're in. Yeah, I took Juju not too long ago too. I even took him a little bit early just because I didn't like any wide receiver around him. And they, that was a start for league, so it's mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, <laughs> but I, I can get Sutton or Juju plus for Elijah Moore. I, oh, I will do that. I can pretty much guarantee you can get Sutton plus, I bet, at least a second if you're trading away Calvin Ridley. 
and that's something maybe i'll I go explore pretty... that as soon as we're well not as soon as we're done because we're doing the the soon ish soon ish uh a Kadarius tony and i know listen oh you can get some out to tony too yeah this is not me i always say i'm not trying to convince anybody this is how i value these guys mm-hmm. this is the the the, the tears obviously it's you're not going out and paying what you believe a player to be valued at if that value that you have in your mind is significantly above or below market. Right. Like I, I don't have to go out and pay 202 to 205 for Cortland Sutton or Juju Smith-Schuster. Nope. So it would be foolish to ignore the current market value mm-hmm. and trends that we are seeing. Um, but yeah, there, there's certainly two guys. Like I said, I'm not trying to convince anybody for those two. I, I don't blame anybody for thinking I've been bitten by these guys once or twice before. I'm okay. They're garbage. I don't want them. All right. So that's where I am. I think that's fair. I do. Okay. So I want to say before we get into tight ends, I pretty much agree with your tiers on tight ends, right? So I was being pretty nitpicky, but I mean, there's a good reason to be nitpicky on your tier four. Is it, are you going to call out Dalton Schultz? No, no, no. I didn't even look at him. I, you're probably way too high on him too, but we won't even bring him up. You have a tier with George Kittle, Pat Fryermuth, Michael Mayer, and Dalton Kincaid. How in the world is Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer in the same tier? Uh, let me. I just. Let me, and I no, actually, no. I mean, like, I just do not understand this. But again, this is a situation where we saw it in rookie drafts, and it's why my exposure to Michael Mayer is so high. I. I will take because you're too high on him. I, I'm telling you, you <laughs> just like in the words of Geno Smith, you're going to write him off and he's not going to write back. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. I like that. We have uh, just got an accept on DK and Kendra Miller for Tyreek. That's from Jay Hart. Uh, did you get DK and Kendra Miller? I hope so. <laughs> uh, I'm We'll see. We'll see. I'm on the edge of my seat here. Um, but the the market is too low on Michael Mayer. And Jay Hart says my issue is if you have Kincaid, let's say you have Kincaid, the other team has Mayer, right? Someone else send you something that's the exact same thing, right? It's something like Barkley and Brees Hall, the other two players involved, right? Do you have the same value on Mayer as you have on Kincaid? That's my thing. Like, I just don't think you actually have that. Is anyone going into looking at your tiers, right? Let's base it on this one. Someone comes in, they listen to the show, but they don't know you as well as everyone else does. They go and they're like, oh, hey, John has Mayer and Kincaid in the same tier. That means they have the same value. That's kind of where my issue is. That is a very valid point. But then... Then I'm just gonna we're just gonna rank these guys according to market value. Some of them, but you're just saying you're way above market on Michael Mayer right now, pretty much. Yeah, of of course. Okay. That's why my exposure is so high. All but, I, I was just gonna say, seeing from startups because I've done a couple more of them than you have this year. Mm-hmm. Just um, Don Kincaid is going over George Kittle almost every single time now. Mm-hmm. So the, I would I would bet what happens is Michael Mayer throughout the summer is going to stay where he is, 
because you're a little bit above market, but market will catch up. And I bet Dalton Kincaid will end up going into the Hawkinson Goddard tier sooner rather than later. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, I mean, he, he's valued above Goddard mm -hmm. right now. Um, but no, it, it, it's always, it's always interesting because like, let, let's get out of the, the mayor Kincaid conversation, mm -hmm. but. Oh, I have another if, one too. Don't worry. But I, if you would come to me and say, I'm trying to find a, a fairly. <laughs> it's hard when you're just looking at it off the top of your head. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, okay. Chris Godwin and Devonte Adams, mm -hmm. I have them tiered together. Right. But again, it would be foolish not to get a plus with Chris Godwin. So there, there is some additional context. Um, oh, I have Chris Godwin above Jerry Judy in my tiers, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you posted a poll in the Discord or there was something on Twitter or just a conversation and you would say, so JB, you would trade Jerry Judy for Chris Godwin straight up. You don't have to. You're leaving something on the table. So otherwise... something extra. But you, you should be. Yes, yes. But... Otherwise, every tier, every ranking would strictly just be market because, no, I wouldn't trade Jerry Judy for Chris Godwin. Well, the tiers say that I should. There's additional context, and you're clearly leaving value on the table. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Okay, so there's one more tight end that I want to get to, and it's because everybody's too low on him. We haven't even had projections for this team, but I guarantee our projections are going to heavily outweigh where we have him. You already hit when you talked about Juju as you're expecting this Patriots offense to be better. Hunter Henry, man. I mean, you have him, but you're matched up exactly with fantasy football calc. You have him tight end between tight end 35 and 42. They have him tight end 35, which is fair. But if you just, without even looking at the projections, thinking how it's going to go, but you look at the guys above him and with, oh, what's his name being in Atlanta now? It's escaping Johnny me. Smith. Yeah, Johnny Smith. With Johnny Smith being out of town, having Hunter Henry there, I really think Hunter Henry is going to be close to what Gerald Everett was last year. They they also brought in Mike Kosicki. And if you don't, like I, I mean, Mike Kosicki isn't even going to play. I'm not too worried about that. I. So do you know why? So here's my reasoning for hating Mike Kosicki and not even worrying about him there. Wide receivers that go to the Patriots always struggle. They always do. It's one of the hardest offenses for them to learn, and they always struggle going there. We've seen vets go there, and they end up getting cut in training camp. So for me, that Hunter Henry's already locked in. His position isn't changing. Gesicki can come in, and he could do things, but I don't think he's going to affect what Hunter Henry does at all because they're not going to be putting Gesicki in line. So in my opinion, I think Gesicki is the biggest sell there is if you could get anything for him, I would. And Hunter Henry's a huge buy because he's the Tyler Higby Everett, whoever you want to say last year, who did pretty decent. He's going to be 60 catches, 500 yards, five touchdowns. And you could get him for basically free right now. I, Oh man. So you, you would have him close to his year one production in New England at 5,609. 50, a, a little bit less than that, but yeah, not quite nine, probably five, but yeah. 
that nine was a huge outlier. I mean, he's always been a little bit higher. Yeah. But on I mean, his, like his Dawson Knox is higher than him. I wouldn't do that now. Um, Noah Fant's higher than him. I wouldn't do that. Him and Higby to me are about the same player. I, I would be very surprised. Okay. We will see. If we Hunter could fight all these projections on the Patriots, I could already feel it. I, I would be very surprised if Hunter Henry has a, a better fantasy season than Mike Kosicki. And I would I would throw a few bones on that. Any bone you want to throw on that, I will take it anytime you want to. That's just free money right there. That's right, like we'll a, talk about it. That's like underdog in golf. Just give me all the free money. It's been a yeah, great week on underdog. You're Mr. Moneybags now. I like it. I, 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 Mike Gesicki for me is a better, a far better receiving tight end than Hunter sure, Henry. But they're not going to use him. I, I, I strongly disagree. They're going to be, I like, strongly disagree. Gesicki's going to be on the field for like eight plays a game. <laughs> and, and it's funny because if I recall correctly, and I would have to do some digging to confirm this. But whenever the Patriots brought in Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, mm-hmm. I want to say you were against the Hunter Henry. I was. I'm just saying he's way too dang cheap now. And we saw how the Patriots used Johnny Smith. That doesn't make me seem who I think is better than the Kiseki. But I, you know. I don't. We've seen now from two teams that and multiple staffs that don't want to use. Johnny Smith. We've Give seen it we, one year. We'll see the same thing with Gasecki. Uh, let, let's get some money on it then. Let's okay. get something on it. Okay. I don't we, know. We would never gamble because that would be illegal in Utah. And we would never do that sort of thing here. You but, guys can't do a lot in Utah these days. <laughs> that's for sure. Can't do Websites a lot. Websites are blocked. <laughs> Humanity. <laughs> uh, but no, Hunter Henry, he, he is somebody that if you do believe. Mm-hmm. In Mitch's wisdom from the glorious state of Utah. Seems like you're stretching that wisdom thing there a little bit. Then, sure, I throw... What would it take to get him from a pick perspective just to make it easy? I think you could use any third and get him. I, I would gladly move Hunter Henry for a third. I would not because you're getting like... Darnell Washington in that range. It's like, yay, we get a tackle. That's your boy, Darnell. And it was until he turned into a tackle over the year. That's your boy, Darnell. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll see on, on Hunter Henry. So he is somebody then that you would look to add into your deals into PPR, tight end premium, mm-hmm. or start to with a maybe a, a small scoring premium that you would be looking to add in. Something I would look to pursue that I, I agree with you in, in a sense. You can get Hunter Henry for Isaiah Likely Plus. You can get Hunter Henry. Correct. Let me rephrase that. You, you can get, get Hunter plus. Henry yeah. Plus yeah. for Isaiah Likely. Yes. You can get Hunter Henry Plus for Zach Ertz. I will slam both of those because I have Hunter Henry in the same tier yeah, as Isaiah Likely. Ertz, to be honest with you. What was that? I don't know Zach Ertz, to be honest with you. I think pretty much everybody's out on Zach Ertz unless they're already on their team. But I think people are going to be more out on Hunter Henry. That's the point. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. They should be listening to Dynasty Theory. Just me, so, not you. But that's just okay. You. So can I get 
Hunter Henry and a 24 third for Zach Gertz and a 24 fourth. Maybe it's something you can get Hunter Henry. I would try Hunter Henry and a 24 third for Isaiah likely. And I think that's very for that cheap, man. What was that? You get a tight end two for that cheap. I like it. So I, I would take that, that bet by hedging, getting a little bit plus and moving within that same tier. So that I can get behind. But I can't get behind moving Hunter Henry up. He should be up. He will be. It's okay. This is a long game. I can wait. Long game, please. No big deal. It's a long it, it is dynasty. I would say it's it's a long game where short term outcomes completely shift everything. Michael Mayer not doing anything for the first six weeks of the season. Oh, then I'm gonna have a hundred and fifteen percent roster. <laughs> I know you are. I, I let the Hooper scooper get in the way, and then I'll be the mayor. I need I need a clever rhyme. Ooh, it's not coming. Mayor, it's not working. No. The mayor, mayor. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else? No, I get think we few, covered a lot today. Get a few minutes off here before the guest spot. Uh, check out the guys over at Fantasy Wildcard. They they do this every year, and it's it's a blast. Um, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mind. Mind charity is the... Oh, yes. Yep. So, uh, you know, I I know I, I have been hounding people for any type of donation for the, the walk to end Alzheimer's, and I, I try not to, to push too much because I know so many people have great charities and, and great foundations that they they support and, you know... To, let's be honest, times are tough for a lot of people right now. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of money sometimes to be donated. I get that. But if you can, um, the Mind Charity over there with our guys, the Fantasy Wildcard, uh, despite them being in the UK, <laughs> geez, uh, it really is a great uh, foundation. A lot of good there they're doing with the Potathon. So check them out. Uh, yeah. All right. I said. Give you give you a minute off here if you gotta go pee, Mitch, before our guest spot. I'll let you go. I appreciate it, man. All right, see ya. Thanks, everyone. See ya.